It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 147. Johnny John had a chance to ride the new Can-Am Riker. We're going to get his take on that. And Harley Davidson has released more details for the live wire. We're going to talk about that. (coughs) (laughs) Speaking of Johnny John, what's happening, man? Not much, my brother. Not much. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. I just have to ask you. What are you drinking, John? Well, since it was so good last week, and Rich didn't come up and get it, nope. I got another Santa Manor winter lager. All right. Since Richie didn't come get it. Uh, I think I know where to get more if I need them. Yeah. What, what are you uh, putting down the throat tonight? Uh, I'm going to give it another go. So this is a repeat. Uh-oh. Of that Pennsylvania tuxedo. From Dogfish yeah. Head. So remember, this is a pale ale brewed with Pennsylvania spruce tips. It's 8.5%. And I, I could oh, just couldn't choke it down last time, so I'm going to give it another go. You think the second time is going to make it better, huh? Well, it doesn't really matter, because if I don't drink it, I have a backup. I've got, a cop. <laughs> no, I've got an Arnold Palmer from Chick-fil-A, and I put like two ounces of uh, spiced rum into it. Oh, I'll just use that if I need to. All right. Well, you're really going to be enjoying it. Oh, let's see. You've been doing much riding lately. I know you have. Yeah. Where'd you I go? Have. We want to get into that already. All right. So, uh, well, just not, not the demo, but just chit chat riding. Chit chat riding. Yeah. Took a little ride. You know, our group decided that last weekend was such beautiful weather here in North Carolina that we need to take another ride. So. We went to the back of the dragon. Nice. Saw some nice pictures from that. Yeah, it was a two and a half hour ride up. I helped plan a route and took uh saw some more routes, some new roads that we've never been on before. Found some really cool, really cool path. Um so part of the holiday season rever offered fifty mm-hmm. percent off the uh yearly membership. And if you go to premium, you get the Butler maps as an overlay. Nice. So, you know, you can zoom in, find a road. So that's what we I actually did. And I used Butler maps to find some new roads that we've never been down. And it was really cool roads. So give kudos to that. That was really nice to see. And tracked a path. So there was a, it was a little cold. Left out. And it was in the mid thirties <laughs> and I didn't, it was kind of a last minute kind of setup to go. Right. So I scrambled around, got everything to go. It was supposed to be a nice day. So I really wasn't planning on needing all my heated gear. <laughs> I go to leave and I go over to the gas station to meet up at 6am and well, 
I looked for the pl- one of the plugs I need for the heated gear. Didn't have it with me. Couldn't find it. So we go from here up to up towards the countries up to Virginia. You were chilly, Willie. And uh, yeah, it was a little cold. Um, and I think at one point, Sid's bike said it was thirty-two degrees. We're going from. You know, it was all over the place from 40 down to 32 up and over all types of temperatures. And once we got up to up to Virginia and up to Marion, it warmed up, was warming up nicely and got to the back of the dragon and, and you know, it was really fun. And we uh, had KP, jo- KP joined us and kind of the comment that was afterwards about what Irishman and KP talked about doing the... Uh, the tail to the back, and Bobby's comment was, the back of the dragon is, he thinks, more um, technical, more, you got to be more on top of your toes. I'll put it that way. Hmm. Uh, you want to put it. It's not so much technical, but you're going up and down mountain ranges. I mean, you're going up and down hills, mountains, you know, elevation changes. And the big thing is, is that on the back of the dragon, the road isn't really maintained. So you got to watch out for gravel in the turns. Uh, well, it, is it also varied too with the corners because the, oh, the yeah. tail of the dragon is like left, right, left, right. It's like constant kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you're going up a switchback up a hill. And then you might get a straight stretch and then a bender and then a tight one. And Oh, yeah. So it's oh, a little yeah. more varied too from what I understand. Yeah, it's a lot more. And I think you'd, you're going to get up there this year. I want you to get up there this year. I got, you know, I think you'll have a blast. And it's very, I got some cool roads that I think you'll fall in love with. Nice. Well, we'll, we'll get a little R6 update here later on in the show. Now, now, did you get up for a little spin? I think you did, didn't you? Just a little bit. I was supposed to meet up with Brother Hogan, but he ended up having... Even more family, if you can believe it, come into town. So <laughs> he didn't make it. Um, I just did a little spin around the neighborhood with the Deuce. Um, did a little video shooting for a project we're working on. And then also went to OMB, of course, for a soft pretzel and a beer. Oh, soft pretzel sounds good. Good time. And the rear suspension update on the Deuce actually has helped. So I put two full rounds of preload in the back of it, and it's it's better. It's definitely better. You got any more you can go? I think I can put a couple more in it, so I might actually do that next time I get it. Um, get it up on the lift. I may I may put two more rounds in it and then leave it. Cool. So yeah, it's pretty good. Good to ride, the old girl. Still not inspected. I mean, it's uh, it's legal, of course, but. <laughs> We're going to get that done uh, next week. All right. Sounds like a good idea. And uh, yeah, let me just also give a quick shout out to Micah. We went out, um, which day was it? We went out earlier this week for a lunch ride and, and unfortunately his uh, goozy broke down. Oh, what happened? We're not sure. Just something, something seems like it broke in the transmission and it started clicking and clunking and making all sorts of weird noises. And then it, was feeling like it was locking up so so we parked it and got it trailered in man i feel bad for him because what's this now the third time he's had problems with that thing since 
Yeah, it's been a couple of times. <laughs> and we were just looking at bikes at Matthew's Fun Machines before that and kind of saying, yeah, you know, get a bike here eventually. You know, it's not really in the cards at the moment. And and uh, then that happened. So that's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, because I think his fuel pump went and then there's something else that went, I think. Something electrical, yeah. And one other time we went out riding, the bike just quit or something. <laughs> it was, mm. It's not good luck with the old V7 Classic. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. All right, Johnny. So, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. You ready? No, not yet. Why not? We forgot to mention the spoken wheel. Oh, yeah, spoken wheel. Like we said, <laughs> we don't want to bury this at the end of the show. We're not sure you know, how many people listen to the end, but the next iteration of the spoken wheel is January 31st. The topic of that is your plans for 2019. So think about events you're planning to attend or events that you want to bring up that you think others should attend, things of that nature. And we have, as of this point, at least one slot to fill um, on there. And we have one, we have two alternates at the ready if we need them, but we have uh, definitely have one more slot to fill if you want to get in on that. Sound good? All good. Johnny John, you're in the hot seat, my man. Ooh, ooh. You had a chance to ride a 2019 Can-Am Riker, which I understand was the base model with the Ace 900 three-cylinder engine. It was, my friend. It was. All black. All black? Black, with that. black probably. Oh. Mm. Mm. Interesting ride. Initial impression. What do you think? It's tiny. It's tiny. <laughs> I, I sat on it. I mean, it was really cool because it's like, you know, as you have the seat height of only 23 and a half inches mm-hmm. and, you know, throw a leg over, there's no back, you know, there's no bags, there's no back seat, you know, a standard. You can throw your leg over, sit on it. And uh, it's, you sit, I sat on it, or I went over Saturday. And I was hoping I was going to be able to get a demo ride over to Sport Durst. Well, I couldn't get it that day, but uh, Chris talked to Chris, the sales manager, and he said, uh, you know, come over during the week, and we'll get you hooked up on one. <laughs> Take it out for a spin. I'm like, all right, cool. So that's what I did. I went over on Tuesday and had to wait a little bit because they had to send somebody out with me. And anyways, won't go into details of why it took me so long, but. Got out there, and, uh, you know, I sat on on Saturday, and I'm like, this is small, and it was just... Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to qualify that that small feeling, because this thing still weighs over 600 pounds, so... So, I would compare it to, I guess, sitting on a bike. So, have you sat on the KTM 390? Mm, I don't think so, no. Not that small. All right, I'm trying to think. <sighs> I, 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 maybe, have you sat on an R3? I did sit on a, the smaller Ninja. Okay, so kind of take going from a big Ninja down to that. Okay. That's how I would compare it. It's just like, you, I sat on the thing, and it's just felt small, and it was very like, 
cafe race style feel is how I kind of put it. Now, do you think that's just because it has much less body work? Because yours has, I mean, it's as wide as yours in the front from what I can see in the pictures, but there's much less body work in the middle. Yeah, there's a lot less body work. It's smaller. There's not as much in front of you. It's just more open. It's more naked. So it feels more open. It's maybe not that much smaller, but it's there's a lot less of it in front of you. Yeah, I would could say that, yes. So maybe like riding a fully fared bike versus like a cruiser where you're just out in the open. Yeah, I mean, this bike feels like, I'd probably say like you're do sitting here, you do, there's nothing in front of you, you sit on the bike and there's not much of in front of you. Like when I sit on my bike, you know, I got, you know, everything's in front of me, got the fairings, got the speedometer, it's a little sport mode, a little, there's more to it. When you sit in the Riker, it's more like you see the speedometer, <laughs> wheels, and that's about it. And the road. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. So, so maybe how- like a stripped down version of, of what you're riding now. So they uh, got me out on it, and the startup process is pretty easy. You know, there's YouTube videos. You put a key in it. You hit the kill switch to turn it on. You twist the throttle, and it starts up. Interesting. And then you do. You got a lever on the side to put it in forward or reverse. Put it forward and twist the throttle and go. So all all automatic on these, right? No shift. All automatic. Oh yeah, there's there's a switch for a parking brake as well. So and that's it. And a shaft drive. So, you know, got out with another sales rep to, and he took a a uh, FZ10 out <laughs> one with me. And he didn't know the area, so I led the way. And I have to say that every time I took off from a stop sign or take off, I felt like that back end was ready to let rip. Mm. It ready to just let loose. If you grabbed a handful, you better hang on because it was going to go. But it does have, it does have like traction control, right? You weren't really gonna spin it. Well, you could you could spin it. I bet you it would spin. I have it have traction control, but you could get it to spin off, taken off. Okay. Um, the one thing that I was kind of concerned about looking at the stats after the bike was the it didn't have power assist on the front. You know, it didn't have power steering like the F three does or or the RT. I was kind of worried about that, but after riding it, I felt no big qualms with it. Hmm. I was able to maneuver it. It didn't seem like I needed power steering or anything. Um, so, you know, with 82 horsepower, I mean, the thing was, it, I got on, uh, we kind of did the same route that you did. One up that interstate by uh, yeah. the dealership. Yep. Come around that. I was up to 70 with no problems. It, you know, moved right along. I think it could go some more. Um, the one thing that I would say that I miss on the bike is the windscreen. Mm. And you you know that I'm very big on that. Oh, yeah. And it's just the feeling that I don't like the feeling of my, feel like my helmet's going to come off. And the wind was just helping it or just hitting me. And it just felt like the helmet wanted to come off. And that's just me. You know, if, Somebody that has ridden without a windscreen like you do, yeah, you know, you might be used to it and comfortable with it. It with me, I'm not comfortable with it. So, well, here's an interesting thing. Maybe this contributed to some of your feeling. 
um, just looking at the dimensions, it's actually a little bit wider than yours, but it's almost a foot shorter in length. Yeah. And the seat height is, let's see, it's 23.6 and yours is, I think, 26. So you're yep. a little, little lower, a lot less body work in front of you, which is just as wide, and it's short. So I guess that's a feeling. Forward controls, right? Uh, yeah. Or is it more of a standard? Okay. And what was really neat is you, you look at it and that how you could, the handlebars can be adjusted. You know, you can move them back forward or you can, or forward or backwards for you. So I started off and they were more um, back and then I switched them when we were running around town. I moved them kind of more forward to see how it would feel differently. And it was pretty cool to sit there and you could adjust them on the, you know, just pick up this little latch and slide them where you wanted and away you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really cool and it's a really fun bike. Oh, I see the weight difference here. So yours is dry weight 900. Yeah. And this is what? Six and change? 615 dry? Yep. So this is as heavy, um, as heavy as the deuce then fueled and ready to run. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. And, and Bacon was asking, this was the 900, the, the triple. Yeah, it was, it was a, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bacon, or Roger asked it. No, it was the 900. Or Nobby so, was asking, yep. Yeah, Nobby. And I wouldn't go with a 600. I would go with a 900. I wouldn't go less. You didn't ride that one, though, did you? No, I didn't ride it. Um, and they didn't have that, the, the 600 in stock. So they only had this one 900 and could take it out. So. But now with the takeoff, did this feel as fast as yours or quicker? You know, I really couldn't. I'm trying to think. I, I was thinking about that before the show, and I can't tell you if it did or didn't. Because yours has got 25, what, 20, 25 more horsepower, but it also is carrying a bunch more weight. Yeah, 300 pounds. I, I, I don't know, because you also got to remember, it is shaft drive. So you are going to lose. And yours is belt. Power, so. And mine's belt. You know, I was afraid to whip on it because I was afraid I was going to spin the back out, back end out. (laughs) And it was weird. And I, I guess I can go back to where you guys, where people talk about the the spider and not shifting, Mm -hmm. having a clutch. I had that problem with the bike, not having paddle shifters to shift gears. So you had the problem, meaning what I was looking to shift. Oh, oh you're, you're you're reaching the shift, and there's nothing there. I was like, <laughs> "All right, RPMs up, okay, switch." And it, it switch. Um, gotcha. And it, it's really funny because the motor is pretty much all in front of you. It's kind of like right in front of you, just a little bit. Probably most of it's between the front axle and you is where the motor sits. Mm. Um, did it and feel, then down did it feel and, nose heavy then? I, I didn't feel that. No, I didn't. No it different than planted. yours. It felt planted. So um, nice. So Roger, I would say the nine hundred on a new rider. I I would you'd be fine with the nine hundred. Well, I'm looking at it, it's quite a bit down in the torque too. So fifty eight point three and I think yours is nearly a hundred. Yeah, mine's a hundred. Mine's a hundred foot pounds of torque. Hundred no ninety six, yep. So kind of I would say some little 
caveats I would say with it that the bike I call it and and I'll pressurize this. When I got back from the ride, Chris came out and wanted to talk to me because he's like, I was the first spider rider to come in to ride this to, to, to ride a Riker. And he knows I have put 27,000 miles <laughs> on a spider. He knows I ride and he wanted my input. Yeah. And and he's like, what would you say? And I said, it was a fun machine. It would be a great around town bike to have. Um, I, can also say that rich i feel your pain with riding your deuce and hitting the rough suspension oh was, it, was suspension? it firm oh yeah <laughs> i hit potholes and was like bam and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah so when oh. i got back talked to nally about some of this she said i should tell you some things i'd change and one of the cha- things i would buy would be the the upgrade to seat okay So, the seat, the windscreen would be two things I would add. You would add a windscreen to it. I would. Do they, does know. that come? Does uh, Canon make a part for that, or would you have to go aftermarket? No, nope, they have a part for it. Okay. I've I pretty much went on the site and decided on what to get, and I'd get the, you know, if you want to get down the details, I would buy. If I went to buy one. I would get the rally edition just so I could have the little higher ground clearance and the rally mode. Mm. Now the rally mode is what lets you slide a little bit and things like that. Yeah. I think it has a higher ground ground clearance is four and a half inches instead of four. And then I would add the saddlebags just to have storage. Um, Cause you never know what you need. Now the one you rode is right at ten grand. Yep, right at ten. Okay, right at ten. So if you added, let's say, if you added a windshield, upgraded the seat, and the luggage system, what are you what are you looking at? Twelve, about twelve five. Okay, I want a little more action to added a few more things because you know with the motor, nobody's talking about doing Alaska trip. (laughs) This would probably be what I would take because they're talking about hitting dirt road and stuff and. You would take this? For that? Because if it's going to be dirt... That's four inches of ground clearance, man. Well, that or I take my F3 with with belt drive and afraid the belt gets stuck in the belt and destroy my belt. Well, that could happen to Bacon, too. Yeah, well... Because, you know, he's going to be on that Harley ADV and it's going to have a belt. (laughs) So, so, so I don't know. That's just one of those things. Um... But you had the bags. But wait a minute. Uh, What's the ground clearance on the rally then? Because they're talking about gravel roads and stuff with this thing. Did they raise it up? Yeah, they think they went to four and a half inches. Uh, a 4.4 looks like. Yeah. And that's what your F3 is, about four and a half anyway. Is it? I think that's what it said. I had them side by side a minute ago. I was trying to be all prepared, but. See, you're you're doing a better job than I'm doing. I closed the window. <laughs> I mean, it's a really fun bike around town. And I, I guess I'll throw it out that I would say, would I replace my F3 with it? Mm-hmm. No. Would I add it to the garage? Yes. Cool. Cool. I think it'd be like your deuce where you want to get out, go around town and whip around. And I think that this would be a fun bike in the mountains. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure. Especially the losing a couple hundred pounds. Now the only one bad thing I did not it was kind of hard was Demir's those Barton mirrors just no good. I don't know. I'm not used to them. You know, it's just different for me. I look at those on the pictures. Yeah, the rally ones they come up a little bit, and the other ones. No, they say about the same. Oh, the rally one also gives you hand guards around your hands. Yeah, I see that. Now, the one thing I did realize that they don't have is they don't have cruise control on any of the models, which is kind of one of those things of eh, is, I like. Is it an option or just not available? Uh, not not available. Hmm. So now you, it's funny. So you mentioned the twelve five to kind of trick it out a little bit. You can't get any spider for twelve five, right? Or can no the, the cheapest spider you can actually buy like fourteen. Is, I think fifteen. I think the F three is is the only one you can go with. And that still doesn't have a windshield anyway. Nope. So I mean, it's designed. For as as I look at it, it's designed for new riders, female riders that want to get around town to go have fun. A second spider, second mm-hmm. spider, something to have fun. I looked up the forms and gas mileages on the nine hundreds between thirty five and forty. Okay, down to how hard you push it. You know, higher RPMs are going to eat it up. Um, so the display is, you know, basics display is nothing, you know, gas mileage and, and, you know, speed. And I didn't really play with it very much. So if it's 35 miles per gallon with the tank, you got a range of about 180 it says. Yeah. I'm looking or I'm calculating. Yeah. Cause you said the tank is five and a half. Five. I'm about five and a quarter, but I don't know how much that's reserved though. So you probably got, they probably got four gallons. So about 120, 130 range is probably what you got out of a tank. No, it says it has seven liters of storage. Is that the frunk? Uh, or is that just a little compartment? Where, like, where is that storage? That's, I think, someplace in the nose. I didn't look for it. Okay. Now it's probably in that section between the headlights. Because that lower section is all engine wheels and- is all motor. That's motor radiator and like right. So right under- at the top, right between the, the headlights, but below the, the instrument cluster. Probably, probably okay. in the front side. No, probably in the front between the headlights. Okay. That. Uh, I think the gas tank's there. And then right like in front of you is the transmission. I think that's the transmission housing is sitting there to go down. In the drivetrain. And um, like you pointed out to me, the red clips on the wheels does make it look kind of really nice. Oh, that yeah. looks sharp, doesn't it? Yeah. So you pointed it out and I looked at it and I was like, wow, that does look good. Yeah, we'll have some pictures in the show notes on this for sure, but the rear wheel on this, the the metal clip that's on the hub is done in red. And with the hub itself, it looks like it's glossy and the wheel is a matte black. That looks really sharp. And it's just not the back wheel. It's on the front wheels, too. Yeah. I I could hard, hard to see it on the one you sent me, but on Can-Am side, I could see it. Yep. So, I mean, <clears throat> it was an awesome, 
ride and you know i there's some other guys that were there looking at it and i was talking to them about it too and i says it can go nice it's a fun ride now one of the things that was part of the i guess part of the excitement or the press release if you will is the customization for the Riker with right. all the different panels and options and things like that the, did you talk to the dealer about that? Like, are they going to carry any of that? Or is that all just part of the order? I would think it's probably not base order. I didn't talk to them on whether that that's number one. I think it's one of those things. I don't think they're going to carry the parts in stock. It'd probably be, you could call them up and get, get it. And um, I know the first one they sold, the guy changed it all to red. Mm. Um, and when I went in Saturday, I actually went and talked to the service manager and said, Hey, I heard you got the record and what you think? And he goes, and the one thing it does, he did say, and it's, you know, to cut the cost down, there's a lot of plastic and some of it makes it look cheap. Yeah, I can see that. But you know, you got to cut costs someplace. So you got to do something. It's black and red. Looks good. The two tone. Yep. It's called midnight red. That looks sharp. Good looking bike, man. Good looking bike. I think they did a good job about it. And I think, I hope they sell well. I mean, it's one of those things of what do they do? So you would get the rally edition then? I would get the rally to edition. To go that way? I think I'd go with the rally edition so you could have it. And like I said, I would love to, like going to the back of the dragon, I would love to, if I had this one weekend, going up for, you know, a little quick ride, I'd <laughs> get on it and whip up there and haul tail and have fun. Now, any features on this that, that you would like to see on the, the Spider, or have they just removed a lot, and this is kind of a, a subset of features? Ah. Uh, like any little, because I noticed it has dual USB ports and things like that. So, when you, if you go up to the F3T, which is the next model of mine, they have USB ports and the RT. Mm. Mine's the base model. It doesn't have it. Um, I'm not exactly sure what you would need the USB ports for. Charging. There's no radio on it. I, maybe it's just for charging. Could be just power. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of why you would need the USB ports is for charging. Because um, they have no radio, no nothing else. I know on the on the big ones, I think you can use the USB ports to connect in to connect to the system to the radio, to the, you know, stream some music and other stuff with it. So. Gotcha. That's, that's how I would toss it out. And I think, I think you already said this, but all the electronics are the same on this as yours, right? As far as stability, traction, there's a, a hill hold mode. You have that, right? Nope. I don't, I don't have hill hold. You don't have the hill hold control, they call it, HHC? Yeah, nope, I don't have that. Um, so I don't have that, and then they don't, and then they don't have, and the Riker doesn't have the, the power assist. Um, I do have the dead security system on mine, which pretty much is a module that can read your key and mm-hmm. pass information into the ECU to allow it to start up. So... Got it. Cool. Uh, Anything else? Anything I overlooked? 
No, I think you got it all good. I mean, it was a it's a fun machine. I I recommend if somebody wants to that's not comfortable with two wheels or yeah a person that's never ridden two and they don't have it stabilized. I know, you know, I'll give a shout out to to Roger. I know he was talking about it. Talked about it to get um his wife one. I think she would have fun. And I know Zion was talking about with uh his girl Stacy about having one possibility. Yeah. And I think she would have fun on this. This would be up in the mountains of PA with Zion. I think she would have a blast running around with this thing. So if if someone's looking to get into a three wheeler like this, would you recommend they start with the Riker? Or is is it gonna depend on the use case? I say it depends on your use case. If you're brand new and you don't not sure, I mean, because if you look at it, and we've talked about it in the past, when you start as a new rider, going on an interstate, you're not comfortable. Just plain and simple. You're not comfortable. I know I wasn't, even on three. Rich, I think you even said the same thing. I think, if I'm correct, not trying to put words in your mouth. But if you're around town running around, yeah, this would be a fun bike to have and run with. Yeah. Yeah, the... <clears throat> I guess for you, it makes sense to have it if you're going to have a second one around town. I was just more wondering, you know, people coming in for the first time, you know, let, let's say that they know they're going to go gung-ho. They want to do a lot of miles. It sounds like you wouldn't even start here. You just, just get a spider. Right. And there, there's a good article about, uh, I read on a form review or looking for gas mod and stuff. It was reading about a guy test rode the Riker behind the F3. And kind of said, you know, the, the Riker is kind of like your sport bike, like a naked sport bike. And then the F3 is like your sport touring bike. And I would say that's the case. It's a nice comparison. Because what was also cool, and I didn't say this about the ride to the back of the Dragon, I actually put the F3 in the sport mode, which took off some of the traction control, mm. some anti stuff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did How it, was that? It freed up a lot of the steering and over, kind of going through turns and trying to really maneuver it to turn because it fights against you so you don't you know wreck and it freed it up and it was like oh my goodness ah so it almost felt easier to ride it sounds like yeah it does it makes it easier to ride mm. now what about the tail though did that loosen up the tail uh no but i can tell you that <laughs> you know i was talking about the roads and you know with everybody i was with we're you know, calling out, uh, Sid was leading and Irish was behind me and we're going through turns and I was kind of like calling stuff out and I went around one turn and I said, Hey, I've watched it going through this turn and because there was graveled and the, the back end of the spider even slid out. Nice. Coming out of the turn. So, so well, nice I if you want it, that, I should say. <laughs> huh? I should say nice if you want that, not nice if you crash. Yeah. I mean, and then Bobby comes through the turn or Irish comes through the turn. He's like, Oh yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> so it was, that's where I was talking about. I mean, the road is fun, but you got to be careful in the turns because there's gravel. And I've had times where that spider has slipped out on the back end. Nice. Well, thank you, Johnny John. That's your first review for the show. Your first bike review. Yeah, I know, right? And good wow. job. Good job. Thanks, man. <laughs> Hopefully people learn something and give go and give it a shot. I mean, they should. Talk to them, talk to your local dealer, go down there and go on a weekday and hopefully they'll let you take one out for a spin. I don't see what they, they can't because they are all prepped to go. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I can understand that, but 
you know, John rides the heck out of it. That's what he likes. And I appreciate hearing uh, his take on the all new Riker. Yeah, man. So you think overall, good thing for Can-Ams is going to be good? Bring in I, new riders, younger riders? I, I think it is. I think it's going to be one of those things. I mean, because we've talked about it in the past, and you see it through, you know, talking with Chris at the dealership. And I said, you got people come in here that want to spend, uh, you know, they come in and see this bike, and they're like, oh, how much is it? And it's like, oh, $20,000. And they're like, I can't afford 20000 And then yeah. they got a bike that's now here, it's 10000 to get somebody in it, on it. You know, maybe they're not doing like I'm doing. It's all the big riding. They want to go around town and ride and have some fun or country roads. I mean, for 10, you can, you can swing it. Nice. Yeah. And uh, one little tidbit I found out why I was at the dealership was well, an issue with the 2018 and newer new display that they have. You know, they came out with that new yeah. two-panel LCD display that I really like and Thinks pretty cool. So Chris was telling me that they go to move to spiders because they got to move them in now. And he goes to start it up and it was cold and it all the screen was all pixelated. So when the screen gets when when it's cold, you don't get screen, you don't have a display. <laughs> don't have a display. So I was like, oh, that kind of sucked. So maybe they'll look into fixing it. I don't know. I'm not sure how they can fix it. Better screens. Well, I hope it's not that bad for other brands that are doing the the TFT. Yeah. Nice. All right, Johnny John. Thanks again for that. No problem, my brother. And speaking of thanks, let's take a moment here and and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And we do that by thanking the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. First five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, Zion. Thank you, fellas. Slack pack will be Chuck, Nobby Tire. Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, and the executive producer of Chaos and Mayhem. Barbershop is Steven and Jacob. And our first to step up for Loud Pipes Racing is Mr. Sean Birch. So we thank him for that, for supporting our, our efforts for racing in 2019. And then we have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, James, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, and Tony. That makes up our riders group. And we have Darren, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, Jared, Kale, and David are the insiders. So we appreciate all the support, no matter the size. And if you'd like to support the show um, and join this little group, you can visit loudpipes.net slash donate and check out all the things we have to offer. All right, Johnny. Harley Davidson dropped some nuggets on us for the live wire. The live wire. <laughs> the live wire. You've heard of that thing, right? Yeah, that you've been dreaming about. The said, prototype the project. You're going to go buy it. Prototype project's been out there for like four years. And yes, we wrote it, talked about it on episode three. Loved it, wanted it, drooled over it, waited, waited, and waited. And waited some more, and I think we kind of lost interest. <laughs> we waited so long. And then you got some more interest when they talked about it. And yeah, and then we heard, we okay, it's it. definitely going to be production, and we saw it. We didn't get all the details. The two big ones we did not get was the price and the range, which we now have. Yeah, and, and going back to that show, what did we say? 
for this bike to sell, it needed to be under what? I would have loved to see it come in around 20, 20 ish. I, I maybe could have even made an argument for like 24, 25. If you want to be spendy. No, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> they had a corner 20. I told you that. Oh they yeah. Want yeah. We sell- wanted a bike for 199. Yes. We wanted at least a model under the 20 mark, but, Oh, we should have known better. This is, this is Harley premium product, premium bike. Or you get there. How much is a zero? I know I'm jumping around here. What's a zero? The zero is what? 14? Wait, you, you can't, you can't just jump. In like that. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> Wait, let, let's stick to the psychology first. Okay. We should have known, right? Yep. All of Harley's products. I'm going to say all, I may be wrong, but. It's all premium products, and they get more premium as they go. As you go up the line, you get your CVOs, you get in the stratosphere. And they said this was going to be a premium bike, so we shouldn't have been surprised that the price dropped at just under 30000 U.S. dollars. Hang on, hang on. Say that again. <laughs> 29799 What smoking? <laughs> and it gets worse. Okay. How can it get much worse? North Carolina sales tax is going to add another twenty-one sixty, and you know there's going to be a dealer prep or admin fee in there. Now you're looking at about thirty-two five, and that assumes there's no markups. So okay. this is a thirty-five thousand dollar bike out the door. All right. Well, guess what, Rich? Mm-hmm. Harley missed it. I wish them the best of luck. That's all I have to say. Missed it big time. I, I'm sorry i don't care how much they can type the thing up and say it's harley it's going to be sitting on the floor and gas is under two bucks a gallon so people are like fuel economy what and and to kind of go on a side note i was at the dealership uh tuesday and a service manager walked by and i said hey do you see what harley released a new bike and he goes no i don't really follow i said well they released the live wire he goes well Good for them, or whatever. He goes, <laughs> he goes, How much? I don't know. And I, I think I told him, and he's like, he goes, I don't think the technology is going to ever want to catch on. And he goes, I'd rather have my gas. I'd rather have a gas engine because I want to hear the gas. I like the performance and I want the noise. Yeah. So just it, give you tidbits about the electric motorcycle. And he doesn't think it's going to catch on. Well, and, and I only stopped you on the, the zero comparison, because I don't really think that's a natural competitor, at least not yet. Uh, we have a link in the show notes that we'll, we'll give you for this week where zero is announcing an all new motorcycle coming out in February. So they may have a more direct competitor, but I don't know that the SR, even the SRS is a direct competitor. And, it, and just because of the, I hate to use the, the cliche words, but the premium features and the fit and finish and things like that i think personally this goes more head-to-head with the bikes from energica okay and namely the eva is the one i'm going to focus on and the eva is more of a street fighter style i know they have the ego which is a little bit more money and a little bit more performance but that is more uh, a full-on sport bike you know much more aggressive seating position so if you look at the Eva, 
Now you're talking about a bike that's now. Now we look at the 107. Yeah, the Evo 107. Yep. Okay. This lines up a lot closer performance wise, range wise, which we haven't really talked about. Except the price, it comes in at twenty one thousand six hundred is where it starts. All right, Han, I have a question. Yeah. What is the range of the Y4? Uh, 110 miles. Wow. Hmm. You know what that makes? <laughs> that makes a sad sound is what it makes. That makes a great bar hopping bike. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I looked at, so to be honest, when I, when I ride my cruiser, except for when I'm taking a road trip, I'm often not cracking a hundred miles, even for a day. You know, the other day I went out doing the video project and I probably spent an hour or two doing that. I went to OMB, spent an hour there, probably out of the house five hours. And I got home and I logged like 60 miles. So the live wire would have been perfect for that ride. Okay. So you're correct. But would it make it $35,000 sitting in your showroom? In your in your stable, God no! I would have to get a modus for that much money. <laughs> I mean, mm. I mean that's they're going to sell it, and it's probably going to be some executives or somebody that wants to have the live wire. Yeah, but, I mean, I still I still want one. I would love to have one, but wow, that's a that's a tough and in the range, current situation. I mean, What's the Energica range is what 125 miles is what you're saying, right? Correct. Wow. So they're about the same. Yeah. And it, and the premium stuff falls down a little bit because on the Eva, we talked about this all offline and, and in the clubhouse a little bit. You can even add Olin's suspension front and rear and OZ racing forged wheels and some other bits and still be under $28,000. And I took it a step further today. If you go through their build sheet, um, the Energica USA build sheet, you can add every option. So the things I just talked about, Olin suspension, OZ forged or laced wheels, you can add soft luggage, windscreen, a tank bag, front and rear stands, and some superfluous carbon fiber trim, and you're still at only $30,000, <laughs> you know, for an Italian-made street fighter. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. You don't have the Harley name badge on it. No, that I don't. That I don't. And but I don't have Harley's first electric bike either, so th- there's points for that. But I'm just saying on paper, I think this is the, one of the natural competitors. Okay. Yep. And like you said, it, the, the beatings get even worse if you want to go to zero because it's under $20,000. You can get the SR 14.4 with the power tank and the quick charger, and those specs will become important later. That's all for under $20,000 with performance that's a, a roughly equivalent, we'll just say for now. Right. And I guess I could see your point where Harley, if you go zero to 20, a little under 20, I can see it being a little more premium price yeah. with the name, but going up 10,000 for the name, that just shocks it. That's asking a lot. Yeah. That's asking a lot. 
unless Harley does something else to make up the extra $10,000 range difference. Yeah. There's some other features we'll get into in a second, but on the range side, zero hammers them again. That same bike that I mentioned, um, the SR with uh, the power tank accessory, 223 miles in the city and 112 miles on the highway at a constant 70. The stated range on the Harley is city riding, the 110. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and call that double for zero. (laughs) You can say what you want, but I'm going to say they've got double the range for two-thirds of the money. Um, Performance-wise, I think they're all in the ballpark. I mean, you can split hairs here if you want. Harley saying 0 to 63.5 seconds, which is pretty quick. The Energica Eva does it in 2.7, and the Zero SR, at least in the 2016 version, um, without the power tank, will do it in 3.3. So Zero and Harley are on par. The Energica is a little bit quicker. And I think the Ego is even a little quicker than that. It might be like 2.5. Yeah, more research I did, I think um, Zero has not has not improved the... Zero to 60? Just Zero to 60. No, their last iteration, or their last two iterations, uh, they worked on range and charge time. So if you use a level 4 charger, I think Zero is down to a 30-minute top-off at this point. That's pretty good. That's pretty, that's getting there, right? That's good stuff. That's getting to a gas stop. That's getting to a bike you could ride all day. Right. If I've got 112 miles on the highway, and let's let's say we get off the highway, we take side roads, call it 200 miles of range on the side roads, and I can top that off in 30 minutes, now you're getting somewhere. Yep. So hopefully there's... There's more in the tank, so to speak, for Harley. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, did the the deal that they did with Alta motorcycles was, you know, I don't know the details, and I don't think we really know the bits and pieces. But I would have thought they would have been able to use more of their battery technology to improve the live wire, and that's what I think we hoped for. Yeah, the 110 is a little disappointing, especially how much bigger this thing looks than the prototype. Like in that midsection where all the battery is. I mean, it looks a lot beefier in the center than the prototype. The prototype, they said, had about 55 miles of range. So, okay, they doubled the range in four years' time. I mean, that's really nothing to crow about. Right. In my eyes. but. But there is some more good news, Johnny John. All right, what else you got? So they have packed this with some connectivity features. Okay. So at at CES, the Livewire was at the Panasonic booth. So there was a, looks like some sort of partnership with Panasonic for the connectivity, or for the batteries and the connectivity, I believe. Um, But this has, of course, a cellular system in it. It's connected to the internet, so which means it has an LTE radio in it, plus has GPS. Bluetooth connectivity, which is getting to be, I don't want to say standard, but it's getting to be table stakes for your premium bikes, Uh, some stolen vehicle tracking and things like that. So it looks like they're pushing the electronics and the connectivity. The the video on Harley's site talks a lot about using the app and getting all sorts of data about your bike. 
I mean, and if you're into that stuff, you know, you, people are just going to eat that up. I could sort of take it or leave it, but it's neat that it's that it's in there. It's neat, but you know what that leads to? Using battery. Yeah, I wonder how much of the battery is used up for that system. I mean, look at your phone, LTE radios, GPS, graphics chips, things like that. That all chews up the battery on your phone. It eats it up. So why? Well, they're making a premium bike, so that's why they have it. I was going to say why are they doing it, but probably can save some battery life. You got rid of it. Yep. Charging options from from uh, the information from Harley is that there's an onboard level one charger, and you can use almost any public level three DC charger as well. So that should help when you're when you're out and about bar hopping. Okay. I don't think I would have found one of those charging stations while I was uh, in the mountains this past weekend. No, not too many on the back of the dragon. No. Now, what about the hotels and gas stations? I know you're not really staying at hotels. You guys are more camping or day trips, but are you noticing more charging stations around? No. As you ride? No. Now, I will say on the interstates, you know, if you stay in the cities or on the interstates, I'm seeing more and more of them. You're just seeing them show up at different places, different, um, you know, eating establishments and, and whatnot. So, and certainly in the city. So I'm, I'm seeing more and more of them now that I'm sort of looking for them. There are more of them out there. I've seen some at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I know that by my house at the, I think the library has one cause there's a sign. Yeah. Same here. But, Otherwise, I don't really see charging stations. Yeah. Well, and and the other advantage that Harley has that um, Sir Mike brought to our attention was that all the dealers will have, all the Harley dealers will have chargers as well. That's, is that, you know, is that going to be free? That part we don't know, but they, they are looking to add them at a very least at all the dealers that are eligible for pre-order they're looking to make sure they all have them okay well it's kind of nice that they're offering it if it's free that's great so it means if you're in the same area with a harley all with the harley dealerships you're going to be good to go yeah you're generally never more than 100 miles away good thing that's what your range is (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. I I got you. (laughs) I hear you. Oh. Nobby says the dealers are being asked to buy them. Uh, So they're not mandating it. They're not providing it. It's just saying, hey, you guys should buy these. Only the dealership dealership that purchased them. Well, I don't think it's that bad, though, because a couple years ago when we looked at this, I don't remember why we looked at it, but Duke Energy here in North Carolina had a program where they would install a charging charging station for you. So sort of they would pay the cost of getting it installed and they would kind of lease you the equipment until you owned it. And of course the little terminal takes payments and things like that. So you get a cut, Duke Energy gets a cut, and eventually the whole thing's paid for. And from what I read, this is probably two years ago now. It didn't cost the merchant anything. 
Hmm. You know, if you had like a restaurant or something, you're like, I want to, you know, I want one of these level three chargers for my patrons. So at that time, Duke Energy would come out and install it and they would just take a cut of the usage. It was a pretty sweet deal from what I remember. So I don't know if, if Harley can take advantage of something like that or if Harley corporates requiring them to buy something specific that I don't know, but in, in North Carolina, it might not be that bad. Yeah. I, it'd be interesting. Yep. Maybe I should get one. I think if I put one out at the end of my driveway and just get people to ride over here and charge, I could make some money. Hey, you, you might, <laughs> you might. <laughs> or maybe we should just buy an empty parking lot, and just fill it up with charging ports. And then it'll look like the airport, you know, where everybody's huddled around a an AC jack trying to charge up their phone or their laptop. Yeah. Everyone will just all the bikes will just be huddled around these charging ports. <laughs> yep. I don't know, man. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll sell beverages, hot dogs, it'd be great. Be hey, like man. a little be like a little carnival every weekend. Yeah, the boys will love that. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. Anything else on the on the live wire, I, those are the the big details from what I can tell the, the performance, the price, the range, uh, still coming in August and you can pre-order them now. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, but not really surprised about the price. I'm, I'm disappointed in the range. That one hurts. Yeah. The price, I don't care. I mean, well, I don't want to say I don't care, but. We should have expected that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But the range, that's the disappointing part for me. Right. And and I think that's where it's at. I, both of those numbers are bad. And it, Harley, I know, talked about why isn't people buying more bikes. Because ain't no one got 30 grand to drop on a motorcycle. And that's why I have um, true diehard Harley. Riders, put it that way, are not going to buy a live wire. Even if they not interested had the thirty thousand because it's not their bike. No, and I I think I told you about my example of that, right? So I was on it was on Instagram, and okay. Cycle Source is a magazine that I read. Um, I won't say every one, but I read it as often as I can. And they posted a link to the live wire, much like we did, saying, "Hey." It's out there. What do you guys think? And there were 260 comments at the time. And for as many of them as I could stand to read, they were all negative. Like, you know, F this, never, you know, not interested. What a fail. And that's, that's more of your traditional Harley crowd. And, and your people that are going to be in electric cars or vehicles are your millennials and they don't want to spend $30,000 on a bike. So, um, where was it going to go? Oh, I was talking with just John from Moto Nobody's and he had to buy, I think he got a, I think he got a road glide and it was at $30,000. Yeah. yeah. So th- think of the comparison there. $30,000, you can get the decked out road glide and they're not even that expensive. I think you got the ultra, which can take you all the way across the country and a passenger in comfort with luggage, heated, everything cruise control. Yeah. You know, you stop, 
put uh, put energy in the tank in a few minutes and off you go for the same money. So that's, anyways, not bashing on it. I'm done. Yeah. I think we, we've nailed a point. I don't know if there's anything else I could add to it. The only thing I'll add is there is one way this could really take off. Okay. And I haven't heard anyone talking about this. Right. And I'm just going to call it the Tesla effect. If this bike gets picked up by a certain community or celebrities or something like that, and it becomes seen as the thing to have, then it could take off. Because I think Tesla got a lot of that from the Model S. They got celebrities into it, and it just became like the car to have, regardless of whether it was electric or not. It became, in certain areas at least, the car. You know what I mean? And I'm using my air quotes here. Yeah. So you could have that. You could have a Tesla effect where enough fanboys jump on it, couple of celebs get it or someone some high profile names then it, it could take off that way could get some traction that way and then all this stuff is going to be irrelevant because look at how expensive a model s is and a model x same scenario and then what i hope for as a consumer is that they sell enough of these that they can make one for twenty thousand, and they can make one for fifteen thousand that has even more range and more features that's what I hope for as a consumer. So, I don't see it happening. So, yes, fanboys, go buy these up <laughs> as fast as you can. Now, you did, <laughs> I don't think we said this. You did mention that in the news article, there is two other models in the pipe work. Correct. And I haven't, I haven't looked at those too closely. So, we'll just mention that there are uh, two other prototypes to look at on Harley's website. And maybe we'll talk about them next week. Uh, but there were two other. I will call them e-bikes, essentially. One kind of looks like a mountain bike, and the other one, you know, more like a more like a mini bike sort of scooter for the road, or sorry, for the city. Okay. So, so that's what I saw. The mountain bike one looks pretty cool, though. I'd like to give that one a rip with Harley style. I don't know about the city one, though. It just, it looks weird. It looks like a mini bike with no engine. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Oh, you see him? Yeah. I guess we talk about it a little bit, but it's, I don't know that has a name, but it says engineered for the city. Lightweight electric concept designed for an urban future. By being How much easy to Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Easy. That's $10,000. And I'm sure the, the, the one that says want to be fifteen engineered for anywhere. Oh yeah, that's easily fifteen as well. Yeah. Good luck with that. All right, Johnny John. I think that's it for Harley. The only other thing I do want to mention is, um, I guess, on my my promise of buying one when they come out. So I guess I should address that. Well, I'm not going to call you on it. <laughs> I I guess I would say at this point probably not. Unless there's a radical shift in income or something in the next six months, I don't see it happening. So, so Rich, you could go down, buy a Tracer 900 GT. You could go buy an R3. Why? Huh? Why? To make it a track bike. Oh, no. Okay. Keep going. 
right, so you got that. I'm that. following your thinking. Keep going. And you can go buy the boys each a bike for as much as a live wire. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I could have a new. You're you're exactly right. A new Tracer GT, a couple of dirt bikes, three dirt bikes. I need one. All right, so three dirt bikes and a used bike to. Well, you got the R6, but you could take the R6, or you could upgrade a trailer the R6. to haul them off. All right, in the trailer. Okay, there you go. That's thirty-five thousand for one bike. There you go. Everybody would be happy in the family. Yeah, yeah. Buying the live wire at this point in my life would be extremely selfish, especially because my wife's still not working. <laughs> it's like it's just the wrong time. Totally wrong. Time. Well, we're not working either. So what's the difference? That's true. <laughs> Nobody's working. Who cares? We're all partying. We're gonna have a wall, though. I guess we're going to get a wall one way or the other. Anyways, well, let's not get into politics. Politics let's aside, let's get into what we like to call loud pipes racing. Mm, another good sound. Yes. What's up happening in the racing corner? What's, what's new in the racing field? Well, we have some, some swag. Is it swag? I guess... Is a sticker considered swag? I don't know. No, we have promotion. Promotional material. That's what it is. So my brother Kenny has created some vinyl, uh, vinyl stickers, that is, that will simply say Loud Pipes Racing. It will be just like the ones that are on the bottom of my R6, except it will have racing at the bottom. We're going to have those in, I think, five different colors, like white, black, red, just a blue, maybe an orange, and maybe a green. And we're going to get a hand. What's that? You got one of those coming to my, my neck of the woods, right? Uh, if you want one. Put it on one of the saddlebags. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just need a small one, though. I don't need something big. Put it on the bottom of the spider so when you get it up on the side, people can read it. All right. Yeah, I'll think about that. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get uh, get those off to Brian Honeycutt probably next week. Sweet. And, and I've also ordered a new batch of loud pipe show stickers which other people will be able to get as well just slightly larger than the ones we have now but it's the original uh since 2014 design black and red and they're going to have a coating on them so they'll last longer in the outdoor environment so those should be here in about a week and we'll get those off to brian as well sweet sweet and then they're going on the r6 too all right because in my wrenching update yeah, what's what you been doing? We're getting you find that oil leak yet? I did, I did. We're getting closer to the track, Johnny. Are we? Okay. So the alternator cover on the left side of the bike, alternator, stator, whatever you want to call it, that's the one. That's the uh, culprit this time. Got the cover off, found the gasket, ordered the new one, and it ordered the last two for the bike that I have not replaced. And those should be here t- probably tomorrow. They should be here by Friday. Cool. So uh, I told you that one uh, cover was where the stator was. On the left side? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, just saying. Point like, for no, you. Oh, no, that's not going to be where it's at. I'm like, I think it is. <laughs> Point for you. Point for me. Thanks. Yeah, the other two that I ordered is the clutch cover on the right side, which doesn't show any signs of leaking, but that's not one I've replaced. So I ordered that one. And there's another paper gasket under the the front sprocket. So I have the last two paper gaskets will be in my possession Friday. 
Why did they make them out of paper? I have no idea. No idea. Could you find anything aftermarket to make it more not be paper? I didn't I didn't look, but from what I can tell, they just simply dried out. Because both of them had the same effect at the very top of the case. So if you imagine a you know a case that has bolts all the way around, between two bolts at the topmost part of the, the covers, the gaskets look almost like somebody let's just say shoved a screwdriver between the surface of the bike and the cover mm-hmm. and then put like a like a v-shaped pinch in the gasket and the only thing i can figure is they just simply dried out and shrunk and that's the way they split because the one on the right side that was the problem last time and this new one on the left side both looked the same way when i got the cover off okay i mean identical they could have come off the same side of the bike hmm. so and, and I am putting a little um, silicone sort of gasket maker material over it just okay. to kind of make it a little more pliable and give it a better seal. So we'll see how that works. And let's see, some other things I'm doing to get it on the track is we noticed on the Greenwood ride that the rear tire needs to be replaced. So I found a good deal over on Cycle Gear. I have a Michelin Pilot Power 2C two what the heck is that power two ct tire coming next week cool so it's a a track slash street tire that has a medium compound in most of the middle and then like the last inch on either side is a soft compound like a medium soft at the extremes of the tire so that was a good deal it was like 40 40 some percent off the price and that's not Michelin's latest tire net series. I know they have a Power 3 uh, at least and maybe something else. Uh, but it was on sale and it's the right size, so we're going to use it. And that's it, Johnny. Probably new brake pads and it's ready for the track. Ready for a track, huh? Ready for the track. You going to come with me? I don't know. It depends. Let's see what day it is. If I can get myself shoved into the leathers. I, I think it was only I picked up a few pounds since October, so... Oh yeah! When I put my my Harley jacket on the other day, I was like, "Ooh, it's a little it's a little tight around the belly." Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to make sure I can get in those leathers. Yeah, time time to start getting on that. Uh, taking some walks, there, buddy. Yep. What about you? I know you don't wrench on it, but service wise, you're good to go. Mm, Anything coming got, up? I got another about. Let's see here. I'm going to hit 28 probably the next ride, probably. I don't know. It's at 27, 8, I think. So another 1,500 miles. While I was at the dealership, I asked him what next I need to do. And pretty much said between 29 and 30, I got to get in to have an oil change done, the coolant flushed, and most likely going to need a rear tire. Come on, you can do the oil change. You can do it. You can do it. No, because <laughs> by the time I get down to it, I mean, yes, I could do the oil change, but the thing is, is that they go through and they connect it up to the computer to see if there's any firmware updates or any of that stuff. So there could be some module updates they push down, and I won't have that. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, and and I and I've thought about it, but it's like by the time I get the parts and do everything, it's a hundred dollars just for the oil and the parts to do it. 
So no, I hear you. I got you. That that's where I come into play. Um, and I'll be impressed. I think if I go through this tire, because the tire that's on it is now at six. It's at eight thousand miles. Now is this a spider tire or a car tire? No, spider tire. So it's an actual motorcycle tire, and I probably can run it to about thirty. So if I make it through the next oil change, that's twelve thousand miles on a rear tire. Sounds so pretty that, good. That's pretty good for me. I think that's pretty good. I probably got. I just. I think I just hit the wear bars. So. So for comparison, the tires on the R6 was that. Rico said they they only had a couple hundred miles on them when I got the bike from him. And I don't think I got five thousand out of the rear. And the center is bald. <laughs> I told you what tires are. <laughs> you won't listen to. Yeah, but that's for the street. This, this bike is not going to be on the street for long. I think you'd do fine on this track with these tires. Well, I think so too, but I also don't want to pay a fortune. Oh, How much see. are they? Well, I'm, I'm looking. You look it up, I'll cover the events, and we'll get into the downshift. All right, you do that. Okay, events coming up. It's actually going to be a busy couple of months because there's a lot going on in the area, and I'm going to do my best to get to as much of it as I can. The first one coming up is the Easy Rider Show in Charlotte. That is January 26th through the 27th. Change in venue this year, the Park Expo Center. And it looks like Kenny's coming down. John might join us. Um, although I can't go Saturday. That's a change in plans. I'll be going Sunday to Easy Riders. Uh, but it looks like Kenny's going to come down Thursday. We're going to ride a little bit. He's bringing the Vulcan S in a van. So we'll get a little riding in as well, but that's the change, Johnny John. I have an event on Saturday I forgot about, so okay, Saturday's out for me. We'll do the show Sunday, which means maybe we'll record Sunday night while Kenny's here. Okay. If you want to do that. I'll have to see what I can do. I don't know if you're working Monday or not. Most likely I am. The Progressive International Motorcycle Show's Washington, D.C. stop is in February. And I may be able to take that in. That's the 8th through the 12th. Um, if you're in the area, let us know. We'll hang out, get a beer. Uh, March 23rd, the Atlanta Flat Track Race. Brother Bacon is going to go and report back to us. There you go, Bacon. I just signed you up for that. John's going to Austin, Tejas, April 12th through the 14th for MotoGP race and any other shenanigans that break out while he's there. Then back here on that same weekend, I will try to attend the congregation show in Charlotte. That's on the 13th, 1 through 8. Yes, John? Nothing. Keep going. Okay. May 9th through the 29th, and more details coming very soon, is the fourth annual Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. It's going to be good this year. We have some exciting changes, and can't wait. Can't wait to share that with everyone. Uh, June 1st is the East Coast Moto Amino Meetup in Salisbury that John will be part of. The Law Pipes Meetup we discussed last show is going to be in June now, somewhere by the West Virginia and Virginia state line. Uh, more details to follow on that, although it won't be the weekend of June 1st, but it'll be sometime in June. Let's see. Antiques on Maine is in Chesney, South Carolina. That's July 27 to 29. I may try to take that in. 
And Johnny John's going to upstate New York August 9th through the 12th. And the event that follows that will be the Isle of Man in 2020. That's it, John. Did I miss anything? We got busy schedule. So to answer your question, yes. Michelin Road 5 tires. You can get it for your R6. The price from Brazil is $200. Yeah, no. I got mine for $120. All right. Well, you let me know how many miles you got because I... And this is for anybody that's riding street bikes. I will tell you, I ride people that ride with street, with with uh, sport bikes, Ninja One Thousand. Sid has one. He's gone to the Michelin Road Five before he get three to four thousand miles out of it. He has switched to this, and he's almost got ten thousand out of the tire. I'll have to look at those. But so I'm hoping as time goes on, the tires I start buying have no tread on them. Well, I know that. I'm just saying that. If anybody's on the street, everybody I ride with swears by the Michelin Road Fives. So if you can, if your bike has them, pay the dollars and get it. I'll take a look. I mean, yeah, if you're getting double the mileage, and they're grippy and they hold well up in rain, they have not they they've swore by these tires. Yep. So yeah, so cost a little extra, but they're well worth it. All right. So there's there's my there's my plug for mission tires. There's your tire tip of the day. I'd like to again thank the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you're interested in joining our group and supporting the show along the way, please visit loudpipes.net slash donate. There you will find our links to Patreon, which is our ongoing support model, as well as some options for uh, one-time uh, one-time donations, which will be for the studio itself, not just Loud Pipes, but that will cover all the shows. And we'll be we'll be adding a special thank you segment on a show by show basis. You know, as people start using that, um, in addition to Patreon, and we do the shows Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time as often as we can. Join us at LoudPipes.net/live. Mix it up in the chat room with us and other writers. I want to thank the fellows that are in there this evening appreciate you guys hanging out with us and you can follow us using the mixler app that's m-i-x-l-r and you'll be notified as soon as we go live additional information from this episode including links and some images of that riker that johnny was riding and of course the busted seals on my r6 will be in the show notes loudpipes.net slash 147 we have links there to leave us some feedback subscribe to the show and follow us on social media. All right, Johnny John. Yes, man. Kick stands up. All right. Make sure you don't hit the control switch. Okay? I thought it was parking brake on. Park brake off. Parking brake off. Yeah. I was going to choke down my tuxedo. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.